Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bolick, your host, and Kirsty Miles is with me again today. So welcome, Kirsty. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. So we are getting ready here at PDT for our big PDT Christmas Child Project, and that's what this podcast is all about. So now we're able to wear our old Christmas Child Project t-shirts from years past. We are freeing the clear because it's after Thanksgiving, and at this point, all Christmas is on, so we can, you know, get our jingle on or whatever it is you say, ho, 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 or whatever it is. But things turn into a little bit of a frenzy between here and the end of the year because not only do we have our Christmas Child Project happening, but we also close for the week between Christmas and New Year's. So in addition to our Christmas Child Project, we also are running around crazy trying to get all of our kids seen and all of our authorizations done and avows done and everything else before we go out on Christmas break. So this is the time of the year where we put the pedal to the metal. But this podcast is about our Christmas child project, not about the fact that we are running around crazy doing our avows from now for the next three weeks. Number one, first and foremost, we're therapists. So that's right. (laughs) Our full-time gig is we do therapy and on the side, we have this very elaborate Christmas child project. Right. So we need to tell people how this whole thing started, not because we're just crazy. We're like, hey, what else can we fit into the month of December. You know, no, that's not how this thing started. We realized also last year that we had missed our 10 year anniversary for this project. So we are year 12 now. All of our therapists here wear PDT t-shirts and every year we Christmas up the PDT logo and put it on a t-shirt for our Christmas child project. Number one, it's just fun. But number two, when we all go shopping, and we'll talk about that in a second, it kind of puts us as a group kind of thing. But anyway, we were making the t-shirt logo for last year and we were going to put a big 10 on it. And then Kirsten and I started counting it up and we were like, wait a minute, this is year 11. So like, oopsie. We missed it. Never mind. Because <laughs> so, so, again, this is not our full-time job. <laughs> this is not our full-time job. We, we are therapists. <laughs> We are not Christmas Child Project employees. There isn't such a thing as that. So anyway, but basically we're year number 12. So we started 12 years ago. We used to do PET Christmas parties. And 12 years ago, I think we rented out a bar. Now, that probably was not my idea. It was. Why did we rent out a bar? But anyway, let's not question that. So I looked around and we had a lot of food. And I knew what we'd spent on the cost of the rent out the bar. And I knew what we'd spent on the cost of the food. And it was a lot. And I looked around and all the people who worked for PET were staying around the middle. And we were all basically talking about work. And then all the significant others were like lying in the walls and looked like they'd rather have their fingernails pulled out one by one than to be there. It was (laughs) like like, a middle school dance. It was horrible. (laughs) I mean, they were completely miserable. And I thought, why are we spending all this money on this for us to sit around and talk about work? We can do that at work. And we did an ornament exchange. Yes, we did. And I'm sure they loved that. That was awesome for them, too. <laughs> they were like, That's, this is great. Let's do this some more. Husband. I do. I put them on my tree every year. Yeah. No, me Still too. <laughs> me too. They're 12 years old or older now for all the ones we did in the past. But anyway. But um, so we decided at that point that, no, we were not going to spend money on something that was that. No, we just know. Because what happens in our real jobs is that we are doing home visits and we are out in the community and we we're seeing kids at all the different places where kids get seen providing occupational speech and physical therapy and some of the kiddos we work with there may just not be the funds there for them to get a lot of Christmas presents and 
And that's just the way it is because that's just the way life is. And also when we go into schools and stuff, you know, I eat lunch with kids in cafeterias because as a speech therapist, you know, that helps me sometimes to see what pragmatic skills are like in the real environment of a class of a cafeteria situation or I work with kids with feeding issues or whatever. And so it breaks my heart to think some child would sit down in December at the table and all his other friends are talking about what they got for Christmas and a child not get anything at all. That just makes me really super sad. So instead of spending money on a bar and food and Christmas ornaments that people don't really want to give away and don't want to eat and don't want to be at, we decided to do our Christmas child project. Because Christmas is not about giving gifts and all that kind of stuff. Christmas is about love and being loved and every child needs to feel loved and special. And that's what we do at PDT. We love our little people and we want to help each and every one of them to the best of our abilities and and their abilities and help them reach their full potential. And so Christmas for us and the Christmas Child Project is just helping kids feel loved and special because they are special. So that's what, as therapists, what we're good at and what we do. Like you said, it's not about the gifts. That's not what it's about. But as therapists, what we do every day is, and what a job of a child is, is play. And so we know that better than anybody. And we know developmentally what's appropriate for a child and what toys are appropriate for different levels of development. And we get them good quality toys that will grow with them. And so we're thinking more along the lines of what can help them every day and what can help them reach their fullest potential too. So it goes beyond really just the toys. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast and the speaker on this podcast was saying that, hey, you know, what can you do? What do you have that you are gifted with as a person that you can go and do for others? And so, you know, in the Bible, when God said to Moses, you know, I want you to go and uh, talk to Pharaoh, let my people go and all that stuff. And Moses is like, oh, I can't do this. And I can't do that. And I don't want to do this and call Aaron and I stutter and I'm not doing this and that. And finally, he basically got to the end of his excuses and he said, fine, I'll go and do it. And he said, but I don't have anything. And God said, well, you've got a staff. Use that. So as therapists, what? What do we have? We know development. We know toys. We know what things help a child develop and grow. We also know that all kids need to feel loved and special. And at PDT, what do we have? We've been blessed enough to have enough money for our Christmas something another, some resources so we can use our resources and we can use our therapist to help provide some Christmas for kiddos that wouldn't have it. And in the meantime, we'll also get them some good quality therapy types and developmental types of stuff so they can just move their bodies and be kids. So what do we do? That's a big thing for a Christmas child project. So I think it's important to say, like you said earlier, this is not our full-time job. So if, you know, you're working in an organization and think, hey, I don't want to do a Christmas party. What can I do? You know, it's easy for this Christmas child project, which is taking on a life of its own, for us all to get kind of wrapped up around the axle about it and be like, oh, gosh, we've got to make this right. We've got to make this perfect. Well, we really don't because this is not our full-time job. It's our community project outreach. So if we screw something up with it, I mean, at the end of the day, as long as the kids got Christmas, does it really matter? No. We do our best with our ability. So the first thing we do is we anonymously adopt children from various community partners that we partner with throughout the community. Kirsty and I request the leadership team here and Anita, who's part of the leadership team, reach out to community people that we work and partner with. And we ask them if they have any kids that they may know out of in their school, wherever it is, that wouldn't get Christmas. So we do mm-hmm. that first, and then they send the forms in, they tell us who it is, and we do the whole entire family. So we determine where we're going to get our nominations from. We select different age groups and different categories so we can get a good variety of children in need and different schools and CDSA, Child Service Development Agency. So we get these nominations, and we want to remain anonymous because the running theme is it's not about us. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So the families don't know that it's PDT that's providing Christmas. So some of them may be children we serve, others not. 
not. And we will buy gifts for everybody in the family, all the way up through teenagers, just because they have a need. And some of the stories are just heartbreaking to have to go through that at such a young age. Most of the time in these situations, the families are unable to provide Christmas. We've had situations where the parents are incarcerated and maybe the families, the kids are living with the grandparents and there just aren't enough funds for Christmas for the presents for kids that year. Just that family with extensive medical bills. Yes, yes. They're driving back and forth to UNC or Duke every week. Mm -hmm. And they just don't have the money for extra Christmas presents and stuff. Or we've had a lot of situations where it's a single parent situation and the mother or father, either one, we've had both are working really hard and it's just not enough for Christmas presents. So we've had a lot of that. We have sponsored kids who live in residential homes and who may... They don't even see their family. Right, exactly. And so in that situation, we provide Christmas for them and those homes and stuff and based on what the home will let us get and all that good stuff. And they may have never gotten Christmas before ever, you know? There's been all kinds of scenarios that we've been able to help. We've not limited it to toys. We've had situations where, you know, the entire family is sharing one bed. So mm-hmm. being able to give a toddler their own bed and their own place to sleep, um, you know, yep. sometimes that's a request. So we're able to fulfill those needs as well. I know one year a family didn't have any furniture in the house at all. I think they had like a seat from a car that they had gotten and that was in their living room. In that particular situation, we were able to get furniture and beds and mattresses and all that stuff because a lot of the kids in that family, I remember particularly were school age and, you know, to give a kid a good night's sleep before school the next day is pretty major so they can perform. If they're sleeping on the floor every night, they can't get comfortable potentially and that affects their academic performance. So we were blessed enough and able to give them, you know, beds or a sofa to sit on so the family can like actually do something as a family in the living room, you know, with furniture. Or the electric bill. We've paid their electric bill. So they've had heat through the winter. Mm -hmm. We did. We filled oil tanks, you know, for oil heat. We've done that. Paid the electric bill. We've paid like gas cards going to and from, like you said, Duke and Chapel Hill, a lot of medical bills. We've had one situation where one little fella, he had had a pretty major accident. Like the family found him in a pool or something, I think. And some pretty Mm -hmm. cognitive impairments happened. And so for this little fella, a lot of time and energy and effort that past year, of course, had been spent on him and his recovery and some of that. And for that situation, he loved music and, and that kind of stuff. So we did some like augmentative communication and simple switch stuff to help him be able to turn off and on a radio, turn off and on the lights in his room. So that wasn't so much toys as much as just some simple environmental modifications we were able to do. And then we really spent a lot on trying to help those other kids with some Christmas presents because they had been through a lot with their little brother that year. You know, I know we'd also have gotten bicycles and we partner with Target. We shop at Target. We'll talk about that in a minute to tell everybody how we do it. But they have been phenomenal about giving us some bikes and stuff. And so we've also modified bikes. I know, Kirsty, you've done that before. We've taken the pedals off of bikes, put different pedals mm-hmm. on and stuff like that. Yep. And some tricycles too. Mm-hmm. Those don't necessarily come from Target, but we do some modifications or make some recommendations for those sorts of things too. So we're always doing this with sort of a therapist eyeball. You know, a therapist's eye, a therapist's mind. Kirsty and I every year go to the toy fair in New York, and that's how we look for newest and latest toys and just to buy toys for the clinic here. And then we also sell toys in our clinics for our families at a little bit less than retail as sort of a resource. And we look for toy fair. So last year, Kirsty and I got smart and decided, hey, we're going to decide we're going to buy. We divided the kids into age groups. And we said, okay, so for everybody in this age group, we're getting this toys. For everybody in these age groups, we're getting these toys. So we were able to buy very developmentally appropriate toys that would last the children for a couple of years, help you know grow with them developmentally, and we're able to really get more and 
in some ways, mm-hmm. spend a little bit less by getting toys in advance, you know, and buy them in advance. Now, that created a pretty significant wrapping situation for us that was not yes. the easiest. So that by the time the Christmas Day project thing happened, there was a lot of creative wrapping happened and a lot of like frantic wrapping going on. So... Our therapist on the Saturday that we get together to do this, we are working like dogs, literally. <laughs> like we are, and we are as a wrapping frenzy. Well, if you can imagine, last year we shopped for purchased gifts for 113 children. And that, we're talking 10 to 15 gifts per child, which again, some people are going to think, well, gosh, you know, I stick to the three gift rule for my children. Or, right. But these are children that may have never had a Christmas. And they won't get anything the rest of the year, potentially. Yes. So I know it seems like it might be a lot, but again, (laughs) they may have very little throughout the year. You know, these are not like, I just got a bunch of new clothes for back to school. So to be able to receive that is, we consider that a big gift. But anyway, 10 to 15 gifts per person times 113 people is a whole lot. It's a whole whole (laughs) lot. And when you're like, so this year, as we're getting our stuff together and getting our toys ordered and our toys delivered and we're in the process of doing all of that, now we're facing the same type of wrapping delivery frenzy. So, but really wrapping frenzy. So it gets a little creative the day of, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, Kiersey. I tend to do that. So, but if I back up, so we get nominations and like Kiersey said, it's all anonymous from various community partners and some pretty heartwarming things that really put some of the problems that I think I had into perspective of like, you know what, you don't have any problems. You're fine. Get over it. Because this child has never had anybody, his parents have been gone from day one and he's been from foster home to foster home. And so you're good, Hayden, get a grip. So we get them from all over. We have some great community partners we work with. They give them to us anonymously. And then we divide the kids into, like I said, age groups. And then Kirsty and I get together and we order. So basically we sit in a room all day and we put orders together, right? Yeah. So <laughs> once we figure out what's going to the children in each age group, we have to roughly estimate because sometimes we don't have all of our numbers and nominations for children back. So we don't know exactly how many in each group. And so we take all the catalogs that we've gotten from Toy Fair. We identify which items we're going to order. And I know that seems silly, but you know we mm-hmm. want to be able to get the most for our money so that we can provide provide these children with good quality toys and something that's really going to last for a while for them and things that they can grow into. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it might be like, oh, we're trying to get them a doll, but we're really considering like what age level are they at? Do they need a soft body doll or do they need a doll that, you know, does some more stuff so they can work on pretend play and that sort of thing. So there's a lot more thought that goes into it than just, oh, they need a doll. Oh, absolutely. Because even when we're doing this, I mean, we're looking through Kiersey's thinking growth. I'm thinking speech and language. We throw the fine motor stuff in there. And so, I mean, like last year, even with the, we were looking at scooters. So for different age groups, for the little ones, we were looking at a toy that a child could push. So when we're looking like it for the zero to 12 and 12 months to two year, and then we kind of also cross reference kids, but like 18 months to three year, I think that's how we had some groups divided into. And there was a rhyme and reason for that. But as we were looking for that, Kirsty was specifically looking for like a toy a child could push, but then also would it turn into a ride on toy? And then that ride on toy would turn into like a two wheel bike, you know? So you were definitely looking for stuff like that versus just like a push toy, then that would be it. And they would go out of it after a certain point. Right. Something that they will have a little bit longer or that we have children similar in age within the same family. So we're like, oh, well, they can share. So let's not give both of them the riding scooter bike thing. Let's give them one. So now we have different toys to share. You know, all of that 
is taken into consideration as and well. So one of the things we bought was like a Melissa and Doug there for the group that was like 18 months to three years, we bought the Melissa and Doug like wash and dry dishes because it comes with like a basket that they can carry and there's all these dishes. So especially for the little girls, we did that. But then there's also that nice basket. So because you're like an 18 month old likes to just put stuff in and take stuff out, put stuff in and take stuff out. So you can get rid of the dishes and they can just pile the basket with stuff, carry it around the house, push it around the house. You know, a basket can turn into a car, you know, or as their play skills develop and grow. So it turns into like a combinational play activity. So I'm thinking of it like a speech therapist and then it evolves and moves into a functional play and then evolves and moves into a symbolic play. And so we definitely think that way. So we definitely look at that. So Kirsha has spent a decent amount of time looking at these toys. Also, you know, we've got all these catalogs out and she's like, okay, this toy is $8.99 or $15.99. I'm like, okay, well, we can get this one for $12.99. So we definitely are cost shopping and looking at all this because we just want to make sure these little people feel loved and special really is what it comes down to. So we sit in a room, we order all these toys and then some of the vendors we work with were fabulous. Like for example, the Hexbug toy people, they marked down the cost of their stuff like crazy for us. And then some other vendors, you know, just threw in some free stuff for us. So we appreciated it very much. So we do that and then we place the orders and then they all are delivered. And then we have a huge problem on our hands. Yes, because we have now a lot of toys. Our <laughs> workspace just got a lot less. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like wall to ceiling. And we need to wrap all those things. So what we did to try and this past year incorporate more people into the wrapping and try to have a little bit more time on Saturday when we all get together so we mm -hmm. can enjoy each other's company too, was to bring stuff out to different groups of people to wrap during the course of the work week, several weeks leading up to the Christmas Child Project. But that meant that multiple people were carrying toys here, there, and everywhere, wrapping them, bringing them back to our admin office. It was a lot of transporting of toys. It was. <laughs> that was my idea. And it wasn't the best. back <laughs> to, we are therapists. <laughs> so, so we're like eating the salmon and wrapping toys and at the same time during lunch and stuff like that. If you get a break, come wrap this basketball because we wrap everything. And here she's like, why can't we throw this in a bag? I'm like, bags are no fun. We have to wrap it. But if any of you have seen Hate's wrapping <laughs> skills. So usually I just wrap up the basketball. It's like, it's like a lot of... Uh... <laughs> you know, ripped up wrapping paper with a lot of tape all just, around it. Yeah. It was like a wrap a basketball like a ponytail, you know, just like pull it, roll it with scotch tape. <laughs> it's not attractive. Anyway, so we're in the process of getting our toys delivered. So this year, I mean, we will be utilizing some different wrapping methods, maybe then carting all these toys out to everybody. But this year, maybe utilizing students and then using community resources to help us with wrapping. So the day of, we're not wrapping everything. Because if you've listened to other podcasts of ours, we do things by trial and error here and we mess up a lot. <laughs> well, but a great organization, I think, tries it, we assess. We put something into practice, we assess it, we evaluate, and then we change as necessary. And I think a great organization owns their mistakes faster and makes changes as quickly as possible. So, um, True. <laughs> yeah. So lucky for us, Christmas Child is only once a year, so we have a whole year to fix it for whatever we screwed up on. And again, not our full-time job. We do have massive amounts of toys that we pre-order, but then mm -hmm. that doesn't fulfill all the needs. So mm -hmm. that takes us to Target on Saturday. Yeah. So Saturday, we only work one Saturday a year and it's the Christmas child day. And it's the work day we work from about 8 a.m. till about 1-ish. And then 1 o'clock, we try to get done about 1, noon or 1. So basically what happens is we rent a community center place just because we need some space to wrap all this stuff and to eat. And we take up the whole stinking room. We do. We really do. And so it is a big room. It gets very small, though. So what we do is we arrange the toys around the room into different categories. So we put all the scooters in one place, all the pogo sticks in another place, all the basketball, soccer balls, soccer nets, baby dolls, shopping carts, strollers, ride-on toys, puzzles, all around the room. 
and and we call that our toy store. So that morning, we rent this huge U-Haul truck. We take all the toys that were delivered and that we had wrapped at one of our offices. We have to get therapists to come in and help us pack the U-Haul. So we do pack the U-Haul. Then the next morning, we drive it to this community center. We have to have therapists to help us get there that morning, unpack the U-Haul. Uh, therapists and admin, all of our staff, actually, we divide our staff into different jobs, unpack the U-Haul, and they have to arrange all the pre-wrapped toys and the ones that we weren't able to get pre-wrapped into different categories and areas. We put big signs on the wall. And so then the day of... This all happens before 9 a.m., by the way. At 9 a.m., we all divide into teams. So we have teams of three, four people. Isn't that about right, Mm -hmm. usually? And then we give everybody a stack of kids and say, here, so group of three. We give them a stack of kids, and they could have anywhere from, I mean, they could have a lot of kids that they're shopping for, you know? And we go to Target, and in each therapist group has different amounts of money that they're spending on each child. At Target, we're usually buying clothes, but we also may be buying some specialty item toys that we just didn't buy because we only needed one or two. So that's usually where the t-shirts come in. And again, what I mentioned earlier, so it's kind of nice when we go to Target, like they just get inundated by all these like PDT t-shirt people. And it's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> we didn't plan for that to happen and that wasn't really scheduled or anything, but that's been pretty cool because it looks like a thing. And a lot of people in Target come up and ask us what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so we've had people cool. walk up and give us gift cards and say, mm-hmm. here, we'd like to Donate. you know, help. And last year, I learned a lot about cartwheel at Target. Like, I had no idea this whole cartwheel <laughs> thing existed. But man, that is the deal. And our therapists are great at that. And they sort of, they helped us figure that out last year. We saved a bunch of money using that. But yes, but you're right. People just come and give us money. And they want to know what we're doing and why we're doing it and all this kind of stuff. So, and we prepare Target. They know we're coming. They open up some registers for us, get us through there quickly. So then Kirsty and I basically are helping with the money thing and helping allocate funds and then everybody else is shopping and shopping for clothing for kids and specialty toy things but because then I'll, people are leaving target mm-hmm. with their carts of stuff mm-hmm. and a lot of times we haven't really finished at the register yet so Mm-mm. technically we're walking out of the store so nobody's figured this out yet this is a little aside so we're in this big huge long catch register line like all everybody with their carts full of I stuff mean, we're right under 50 employees so you've yeah. got 50 pdt employees yeah. lined up yeah. in target and we pay it one register. Yeah, we pay at the end. And so what happens is they check out the first group of three with all their stuff and that group leaves, you know? To go rap. To go rap. we got rapping to do. Right. So a couple of years ago, I'm like, well, technically we're shoplifting this stuff until I get to the end, you know? But so far, nobody at Target seems to object. So we just go with it. Nobody... We're not shoplifting, by no. the way. And I hope <laughs> okay. nobody at Target is listening to this either, you know? But, but, they, but we're not shoplifting because we paid our bill every single year. But nobody checks like, hey, you got enough cash for this? Or like, what's, you know, this is like, we're going to need like 10,000 bucks up front. That's not how much we spend at Target, but we do spend a lot at Target. But so far they haven't figured out that like, hey, we haven't paid for this. And it's way across town at the recreation center (laughs) (laughs) being wrapped right now. But anyway, we won't sell them. So all these people are coming through. The first group leaves, they go to wrap. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that the first out that goes to wrap, they're going to get done wrapping first. And they got a lot of other people to help because the last people to get back don't have as much time to wrap because they were last in line. So they're Mm going to need some help finishing up their wrapping. We bag everything up. They're identified by families, not name of the family, but the number of the family and mm-hmm. who nominated them because that person that nominated them is going to have to come pick up these bags to deliver. Yes. And that leaves us a little bit of time to enjoy lunch. And so we bring in lunch for the therapists and we eat and then we leave. That's what we do. And we pack the U-Haul back up again now with wrap stuff in big bags and take it to one of our clinics. And then the community partners pick it up from our clinic on Monday. Last year, all of the stuff took up an entire, like a humongous therapy gym. Like it was wall to wall black bags. 
So it's pretty cool. So that's how we do it. And it's really a lot of fun. And it started off very small with just like, you know, one family, maybe the first year or two families, maybe. And it's now turned in, like we said last year, 113 kids. It has really taken on a life of its own. Yes. It's pretty cool. But we do eat good. We bring in some good food and then we go. And so overall, we spend more on a Christmas party doing this than we would at the other Christmas party at the bar, but not a ton more. Well, yeah, a ton more, but not like crazy a ton more. But, you know, if you compared it, because like 12 years ago, we were smaller. And so the amount of money we spent for that group, if you go with the group that we have now, it would be comparable in price, sort of. But we still would spend a little bit more now. But still, it's, you know, to do a decent Christmas party, you would have to spend comparable money. So, but we're, mm-hmm. I think we have some much better use of our funds and time and energy and effort. And it's a lot of fun. We have a good time. It's a good time. We got some Christmas music pumping. Got a T-shirt. Food. I mean, really, food, eating, free T-shirt, I'm usually there. That's good enough for me. I'll show up. It's a good time. And we don't know when the toys are delivered. We're not there. We don't see any of that. We don't know how that happens and goes down. Sometimes we get some feedback from the people and kids are so excited and stuff. But I'm fine without knowing, really. I think it's cool just to know that these kids are getting something and they're feeling loved and special. And that's pretty cool. Definitely. Mm -hmm. You can check it out at christmaschild.org and see pictures from several years ago. We only have pictures from 2014 to present because prior to that I didn't think to take pictures <laughs> and then one year I was like I should think we should take some pictures of this this is pretty fun we're having a good time so we did so there you go so thank you Kirsty, again for being here we've got 12 years of our Christmas child project going on this is year 12 we're so excited we're in the midst of the whole thing and I think so hopefully you know if you're listening maybe this podcast has inspired you we're 12 years into this it is a big project it's a ton of fun but it's a big project if you're doing a Christmas party or maybe and you're thinking oh this has inspired you to do something a little bit you know instead of doing a gift exchange why don't you get your people to bring in a gift for a child in need and y'all could deliver those maybe out that's one idea there's also um, instead of doing like a ornament exchange. I have everybody bring in a child that's in need in your practice or maybe a child from an angel tree and then buy gifts from that or something like that instead of doing like an ornament exchange or something. So there's small ways to do this all the way up to like big large like this. And like I said, the first year we started off very small with only a couple families. So hopefully this has inspired you to maybe do something for a Christmas instead of a Christmas party because Christmas parties are fun and all, but I think this is a lot better. That's my opinion. So thank you again, Kirsty, And thanks everybody for listening listening and we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 